0: just a note before we begin. This episode is part of a string of four episodes, all recorded at the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022, which I intended to get done and out at the time, only to see them repeatedly fall by the wayside. Thanks to a suddenly free evening, I've put them all together for your listening pleasure. Hope you enjoy, despite their massive lateness. In the meantime, if you'd like to hear something which is regularly updated, check out my current podcast, the horror news show, The Carnage Report, with Julie Holland, via the CinePunks Podcast Network, wherever you listen. We're on Twitter and Insta at Report Carnage as well. Now, here's the show. Hello, my name is Nick Spacek, and you're listening to From and Inspired By, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we talk with musician and composer Kevin Kiner about his score for the smash HBO Max series, Peacemaker. The HBO Max series Peacemaker, the spin off from director James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, has become a massive hit for the streaming service, and not a small amount of its popularity comes from its deft use of music. However, while much has been made of the series' use of under-the-radar or forgotten rock and roll and hair metal, composer Kevin Kiner's work on the series, alongside Clint Mansell, helps set the tone for a show which is by turns outrageous, violent, and surprisingly introspective and thoughtful. Ahead of the Peacemaker season finale, we spoke with Kiner about his work on the series, as well as his past compositions for the Star Wars and DC Universes. Thank you for taking time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure.
0: Given your work on both episodic TV and like a history of weird films, it seems like this is kind of a perfect fit for you. Did it feel like that when you were first approached?
1: Um, yeah, in a way. Y- yeah, you're exactly right. I have done, you know, weird things like Freaked and and uh, yeah. Tremors, <laughs> and uh, and also a lot of superhero stuff, you know, with the uh, Titans and Doom Patrol, and um, even going back to Superboy uh, way in the eighties, I was doing that. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. It, it felt like a really great fit. Uh, the
0: the. It seems as though like hair metal is a very important part of Peacemaker's storyline. Were like the yeah. heavy guitars of the sport, like were was that determined from the beginning?
1: Yeah, that was a that was a big discussion with uh, James and uh, Clinton myself, um, and you know we really went over and, like there were bands. I, I'm not an, a hair metal aficionado at all. Um, but I, I like one of my good friends is Fred Curry, who's the drummer for Cinderella. So <laughs> um, oh, uh, he actually played on on the soundtrack, and he's he's all over like episode two and um, and other places. And, and so it's uh, you know I I grew up I am a little older. I grew up on Led Zeppelin mostly, you know, and and uh, maybe Black Sabbath and um, even. Uriah Heap, Emerson yeah. Lake and Palmer, you know, uh, uh so, um, it's a, it, it's not the same as Led Zeppelin, but it, or, or Sabbath or, or whatever, but that's the roots. And really, it's so easy to get there once, once you're, you know, I mean, that's just, once it's in you, you know that's that's where it comes from. So the hair metal, it, it's it's a very easy transition from from what I grew up with, really, you know. And even Van Halen or or, or you know Hanoi Rocks, I, I mean the roots are all in the in the old days, kind of. So
0: James Gunn is very much noted for his use of needle drops in his projects. Um, mm-hmm. Is that a consideration you have to take in? Uh, Is that something you have to take into consideration like when you're composing your score?
1: Well, again, it was a a discussion from the very beginning is how much of the score was going to reflect what the needle drops were like. You know, and James Gunn's um, knowledge of bands and music is like encyclopedic, you know. So he, he started talking about these things and, you know, he started sending us playlists um and and you know the the entire score it, it, as the show evolves it becomes more orchestral although they're still you know the drums are still there all the way in through episode eight but but not all the time uh and the, and the heavy guitars are, are there too but it becomes more of a uh, a hybrid as as the drama and the action kind of escalates um but early on, you know, we really did want to incorporate that sound. And I mean, I'm so into it, it, it because I mean, I just, I loved it. I'm, I'm a guitarist and I just, I, <laughs> it was so much fun playing. You just, you, you know, it, it, every kid goes into guitar center and starts, you know, shredding and stuff, but nobody really gets to do that for a living. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's very rare. To, to just be able to shred and, and man, I mean, it's a guitar player's dream, right?
0: Well, I mean, I have to imagine that like getting to uh, let your um, inner Steve Vai or Ingve Malmsteen freak flag fly. It, it has to be, it seems as though it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. 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 Really. I mean, gosh, I, again, you know, you, I I sit around and, you know, play those licks all the time. And I I played them in bands when I was in high school, but you just, you very seldom get to do that for a living.
0: No, like working within a previously extant, like property is nothing new for you, obviously. Um, how do you approach the challenges of creating new music, which fits within like an existing milieu?
1: Um, well I, I mean each one is is kind of a case by case like when when I started Star Wars uh you know George Lucas specifically didn't want to overuse the John Williams themes in fact he he didn't want to use them very much at all uh and and uh so but the style still had to say, say Star Wars and it still had to come from the Williams kind of um the way he, his motifs work and his orchestration and his sensibility. So, I mean, I, I study that a lot, you know, and, and uh, I mean, it was a much bigger challenge for me studying John Williams, you know, and t- took way more years than it, than it did. You know, Peacemaker was just like, Oh, I got this. I, I didn't have to really study anything. I just turned it up to 11 and, 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 you know, broke the windows.
0: Now, Uh, what, what's kind of interesting about this is, is, as you've mentioned several times, like you collaborated on this score with Clint Mansell, um, which I find like that being a very interesting pairing, were you excited to collaborate with Clint on the score for Peacemaker?
1: Yeah. Now, Clint and I have been working together for five or six years now. Um, and, you know, we started on Titans and went to Doom Patrol and we're still doing those shows uh the collaboration with Clint is I mean he, he is such an interesting uh, writer and and he comes from a such a outside perspective. Um, and that's what I really dig about working with him is because um, he has ideas that uh, that, nobody else has. And, you know, you can see from his, you can hear from his soundtracks. I mean, it's, where did that come from? It's, it's just, um, it's a different way of looking at the world and hearing things. Uh, Having said that, I mean, he's a, you know, he really has an encyclopedic knowledge of of music and stuff. He knew way more about the, the the 80s hair metal and the late early 90s hair metal than I did and the bands and stuff like that and kind of their origins and wh- where they were going. So, I mean, um, it, it wasn't difficult at all. Uh, you know, Clint's really into electronics, as am I. Um, and uh, so early on in Titans, you know, that became part of the thing is that we, we were, you know, or again, the orchestra is still there because it's superheroes, but it's really, really uh, a very heavy electronic score. And um, that was the concept, and especially in Doom Patrol too. Um, And, and we brought some of that to Peacemaker. So it's not just, you know, it's not just hair metal. There's a, there's a lot of electronica going on uh, throughout the score as well. So I think that's the one thing Clint and i really brought to the the property that that pushed in it in a new direction
0: so i would be remiss if i didn't ask you about freaked um because it is one of my favorite films uh and definitely told your publicist uh when i set this up that i was going to ask you uh probably uh, several questions about it but i mean it was it's sure. the little m- movie that that could uh and it finally had your score see the light of day uh a few years back from mondo what was that like for you like revisiting the music like nearly 30 years later and it getting like this deluxe deluxe reissue
1: um well it it was it was really a delight you know they had a big screening i think it was at the egyptian theater in hollywood and it, it reminded me of um Oh, what was that movie that used to run in Hollywood all the time?
0: Uh, like Rocky Horror?
1: So, yeah, it was like a Rocky Horror night because the theater was just packed with with freaked fans. And then, you know, the, the soundtrack was released. Alex Winter was there. Tom Stern was there who directed it. Um, and a couple other people. Oh, God, what was his name? Uh, oh, anyhow, Um yeah, I mean that was just such a fun night. It, it, it was such a a delight to see how that movie resonates with people. I mean, it was definitely off kilter, and you know, my score for that is uniquely me <laughs> <connected> <laughs> for better, for better of wor- or worse. You know, my take on you know horror and and that kind of um, you know just freaky weird atonal but big orchestral music you know that that was kind of my my thing you know and i i really it was very gratifying to have that that record out
0: given that like you've uh, th- this is something i really uh, haven't had a chance to talk to many composers about and but the the few i've gotten to talk to is that like streaming shows now have production levels that are a Above and beyond, like television series, it's it's almost like an yeah. in some cases like an eight-hour movie at, at, at this point. Um, Certainly, the case
1: with Peacemaker. That's that's true. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah. But uh, like, what are the challenges for you as a composer? Like when it, it's a like a mini series as opposed to like an ongoing series. Uh, something like uh, Titans or Doom Patrol?
1: Um, well, first of all, I don't know that uh, Peacemaker is not continuing. I, I, I actually, you know, uh, I, I think it might. I, I, I don't actually have any information, but I, I sort of assume that it might. Uh, I, I imagine that depends on James Gunn and what he wants to do with it. Um, but... You know, Peacemaker was like, uh, it was just like a long movie, like you said. You know, know, I I mean, it was like an eight hour movie or maybe seven hour running time or something like that. And and we had quite a lot of time to do it. It was a comfortable schedule. Uh, They they gave us an orchestra um, and, you know, we got to really do what we wanted the the feedback from from james was really positive and and when he had notes they were super intelligible and and we understood why he, he you know he wanted it to change in certain areas from what we had done um i mean it was one of the most delightful experiences in my career really i i mean you know clone wars is a fantastic experience as well it's very seldom when you start to you know really connect with somebody and, and you are able to kind of speak in a shorthand and, and uh, deliver what they're looking for. Um, so, you know, that was my experience on Peacemaker.
0: I do have to ask, like, uh, I, I know like part of um, like composing is like coming up with uh, themes and motifs. Were you mildly like bummed you didn't get to like create like an opening Theme given, like sort of like <laughs> the the, the wiggle. No, because or, uh, I mean, <laughs> or was that just like I I can't compete with that?
1: I I don't think any. I, I that's one of the greatest openings in the history of of television. I mean, I I I defy anybody to find a better one. I mean, it's it's up there with any great opening ever, and especially in the comedic terms, you know, and just the. Oh man, so no, I wasn't bummed at all and and you know we we did get to write a theme, and it's a pretty strong theme. I do enjoy it. Plays, it. yeah, yeah, it plays throughout the show quite cool, and it, you know, um so the, i I mean there's no, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> bummed at all once we saw that, I'm like, holy crap i mean, I mean it's just it was so fun, and it's i I still watch that dance scene, I mean, I mean, you know that opening it's just too fun.
0: Uh, yeah, that was uh, one of my friends on Twitter was making a comment. He was like, that is officially the first time I will never touch the skip intro button. Uh, yeah, yeah, I still don't. I, I mean, my
1: wife was just, she hadn't seen the show. She was just watching it the other day. Watch that thing again. It's, it's like so much fun. <laughs>
0: So, like, I mean, you're obviously very busy with, like, the ongoing uh, Doom Patrol and Titans, but are there any other projects you're you're working on uh, that you're excited about right now?
1: Yeah, I've got a, um, I have a new series coming out on ABC in a few weeks called Promised Land. I think that's going to be Monday nights on e- uh, ABC. And that's, uh, you know, I, I just finished Narcos, um, Mexico, Um promised land is also in that kind of style i'm co-writing with gustavo santolaya and and uh he's written some really cool themes for that um abc's giving us an orchestra on that which is really unusual for uh primetime network um really high quality it's a really high quality show so that one um I'm working on a uh, show called dark winds for AMC I, I did the uh, hell on wheels for them and um, th- that's this is all about uh, Navajo country and the Navajo police kind of a. Uh, um, from a novel called the um, oh gosh uh, there's there a, a series of novels and and the author, uh, I, I forget the, the, the name of the novels um. So I'm working on that. I'm working on Promised Land. I'm working on something special for uh, Lucasfilm, which nobody's heard about yet. Um, (laughs) So that's, I mean, it hasn't been announced, but it's it's really cool Uh, with Dave Filoni. uh, I continue to work on um, uh, um, um, Bad Batch, which is really, really a fun, uh, a fun animated show uh and uh with Dave Filoni and Brad Rao. um and so I'm freaking crazy busy right now <laughs> and, and my my sons work with me as well and uh, that's how kind of we have the bandwidth and my oldest son's been working with me for about nine years now and my youngest son for maybe about eight, nine, six or eight years I, I forget
0: Well, that's fantastic, sir. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, morning to talk to me. Uh, I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, I hope you have a good rest of your day. All right.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks to Kevin Kiner for speaking with me. You can find the composer's work at his website, which is kevinkiner.com. You can find links to purchase all of the music you heard on the show in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromaninspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at From Pod, and can be found on Instagram at fromaninspiredby. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Click those follow and subscribe buttons, please. Also, please hit up the website and click on the Aid and Assistance button to help pay for web hosting and long-distance fees, and remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. On the next episode, we're talking about the art of composing for trailers with musician John Coco, along with his debut album, Chasing a Dream. Until then, thanks for listening.